Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, we're so excited to be back in studio and having you tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Heath. Hi. I think it's funny how we say studio. It is, it is your studio. It is, but it sounds so <laughs> professional. <laughs> okay. Welcome to our office where we record the H&H Hour. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I like studio. I also like that it's used for so many other things too. It is. Yeah. You know, it's a counseling room. It's a... I actually write my messages in here. It's a message writing room. When I need to get away from all the littles and studio slash everything else. All the things. <laughs> okay. So I'm super excited. Today we have in studio with us <laughs> an awesome, awesome woman of God and someone who's becoming a friend of ours as well. And this incredible woman who is literally sitting here like shining brightness from oh, her being glowing right here across yeah. from us. So yeah. um, this is Sarah Skolaski. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Thank Welcome. you guys so much for having me today. Really we are excited. Elated. Thanks. So we had to me reschedule because of sickness. Yeah. So you've had a little bit of time to back out. So thank you for not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I wouldn't think of it. So good. Well, we're happy to have you. And we're excited to dive in and to hear all that God has done in your life because it is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. So that's for sure. Okay. Because we are still getting to know you. Yeah. And our listeners don't necessarily know you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your hubby, your life, your job, all the things. So I'm Sarah, and my husband is Ryan, and we have two daughters, uh, Ada, who's 10, and Lola, who's 8. Fun Um, names. Thank you. Old-fashioned. Love it. Um, Ryan and I were actually high school sweethearts, so we attended a really small rural school and started dating uh, his senior year in high school. And have been together ever since. So oh, how twenty old were years. You? How old oh. were you? Seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. It's been a really fun journey because you know when you start dating that young, you just grow together yeah. and you just find out so much about yourself and that person. And so it's been really a fun experience. I think sometimes people give that a bad. Rap, oh, I do too. You know? Yeah. And yet there's so much beautiful that comes from growing up together. I and, totally agree. And learning how to walk through adulthood yes. with the person that you're meant to spend your life with. And changes, like learning how to like change and, you know, compliment that person through their changes and things like that. Like it's been really a, an awesome journey. So, so, so you, you've truly seen it all with each other. Absolutely. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. We that. were friends for a long time. So, you know, you know, sometimes during those parenting years, you kind of revert back to some of those friend ways because you're just busy like... I'm taking the kids this direction. I'm going this direction. So yeah, yeah it's just been awesome for us. I so, love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Tell us what you do job-wise. So um, I'm a small business owner. I own the Spot Coffee. And so we have a location that's North Knoxville. And we also have a coffee camper. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where the dream started was a little blue camper that I purchased off Craigslist for $300. And <laughs> that's kind of, um, you know, been a turning point for us. She brought us lattes today. It's like the way to our hearts. <laughs> Love it. They're really good too. So if you hear us slurping, that's why it's our latte. <laughs> Thanks to Sarah. Okay. So one of the premises of this show is that ordinary is extraordinary. You know, I think sometimes we look at people who do these quote unquote extraordinary things and we think I, I'm not like them because I haven't done this big thing. Yeah. And Heidi and I had this 
three years ago when we started this show, we really had this passion to help people see that it's the ordinary things in their lives that are actually the most extraordinary things. The things you'll look back on when you're on your deathbed and say, those were the most important things. Yeah. Yeah. So we love to ask our guests two questions. What about yourself or your life do you think is ordinary? I would say like being a mom is is ordinary. You know, so so many of us are moms and we're all kind of doing the same things and going through the same motions. But I'd also say that's also what's extraordinary as well is because uh, Ryan and I, we really live for our children. You know, they're just we waited so long to have kids and we're just so excited about having them and mm. just experiencing life as a family of four. And so, um, it's really an extraordinary journey as well. I love that. I think sometimes we can get into the mindset that parenting is, um, difficult yeah. it, and it is right. There are hard things, but you know, I hear a lot of young moms just complaining a lot mm-hmm. about raising their children. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like, have we missed it there? Yeah. You know, have we missed the extraordinary gift that we have in the hard things, the late nights, mm-hmm. the sleeplessness, the diapers, the sippies, the whining? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, does that, do you think that that's different? Like, do you think if you had had kids really young? I think I had like a life changing experience fairly early on after having kids. And I think that that really helped me to appreciate this, the small things in life. So, mm. um, just being here and just having the gift of being their mom mm-hmm. is such an honor. Mm-hmm. So it is really extraordinary, even on the days that are kind of yuck yeah. and they're sick or they're yeah. cranky or just things aren't going great for you personally. It's just such a gift that God's bestowed upon us to be parents, you know, yeah. even in the, the mundane and even in the, you know, chaos of everything you yeah. know it's just a beautiful thing to be able to to have that in your life yeah. you know so yours just, was yours was a perspectives shift absolutely yeah mm-hmm. I think though that being a little bit older obviously gives you just such insight and maturity to kind of um really know that you want to be a parent you know mm-hmm. to really make that decision yeah, yeah. okay so I want to go there in a minute about yeah. what you had to walk through. Sure. You mentioned the waiting on kids. Was that a choice you made or did you guys have to walk through some hard things to yeah. get your children? Yeah. If I can ask that. Absolutely. Um, so we didn't have to walk through anything tough. I think just because we started dating so young yeah. and um, we just became very close and just had lots of conversations. So we always knew like being parents was on the horizon and um, had a niece. And so just like just the excitement of getting to be parents was always kind of on the horizon, you know? So it's not that we went through anything, you know, with um, conceiving or things like that. It was just kind of that like anxious anticipation of like getting pregnant and having children and just the excitement of that. Yeah. Okay. And so then what? Yeah. Then what? So high school sweethearts, I went on to college. My husband uh, started working and, um, I was studying to be a teacher and so graduated from Bradley and um, became a special education teacher. Mm -hmm. So I was in that career for six years and that was really a sweet spot for me. I loved advocating for students with disabilities. I loved advocating for their parents and just um, being that like soft landing space for kids at school when sometimes it's just not always Mm -hmm. so soft and not always so gentle. So I just, I really loved that. Um, but I was brought an opportunity to be the reading specialist for our district. So I eased into that position and, um, it was, 
it was okay for a little bit. Um, but then a couple of years into it, I just started feeling like this wasn't for me anymore, mm. but I couldn't figure out why, like, why isn't this for me? This is what I went to school for. Like logically it all made sense that I fell in this position and I had a, a husband and this, you know, this great support system. I had these kids, like it looked like everything would just be like right on track, mm. but there was something in me just that wasn't feeling it. And I kept going to my administrator and just saying, I just don't think this is the role for me. I just don't feel like this is my, my zone. I don't, I'm not feeling this, but she kept assuring me you're doing great at this position. <laughs> so we're going to keep working and, and, you know, you're being effective to the students and that's what we really need. So, um, I stayed in the position for several more years and just kind of worked kind of through that time um, until I kind of had a life-changing event. Um, Did that feeling of feeling like I'm not exactly where I'm supposed to be, was it scary? Did it bother you? Yeah, it was kind of like I was on this hamster wheel. Like I yeah. didn't like, I didn't like where it was at, but I didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. So I just kept like, was no I was in the hamster wheel. Yeah. Like I just kept going, just kept pedaling along. Yeah. And, and so I stayed and just kept going through the motions, but mm-hmm. it just felt, um, there was just like no like bright spot. The mm-hmm. students were great, but there just needed, there was just something missing and it was just my heart. It was, it was a heart condition. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, it wasn't anything that the school wasn't providing or that the students weren't or that they were, they were naughty or things like that. It was all about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and I think too, now looking back, which you're going to get into this part of your story, but God had something yeah. so different for you. Yeah. So purposeful. Yeah. That only you could do. Yeah. You know, I love that when I think, I think oftentimes I've experienced this, he has to get us to a place of discontentment yeah. in, a, in a holy way. There's holy discontentment in order to cause us to move yeah. into something else. Because it's really easy to just stay in the comfortable, the thing that makes sense, the thing that we're trained for, the yes. thing that doesn't scare us. Yeah. You know, and, and I- think you're already good at. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I, just looking in at your life, it seems like that's kind of what that was, is yeah. a little bit of that holy discontent. And I got to tell you, like I consider, I now looking back, consider myself more of like a um, casual Christian actually at that time because I was going to the Lord like when things weren't going well but I didn't have a relationship with him and so I think he was trying to like nudge me but I wasn't listening because I was so caught up in this plan like you know I went to school and I graduated and now I got to do this job because that's what the degree told me I needed to do and I wasn't listening to his gentle nudges and Mm. um he gave wow. me a big nudge and then it kind of like yeah. woke me up to, wow. Okay. Tell us about that nudge and what you had to walk through. Yeah. So, um, I was 32 and I was actually in the best shape of my life. I exercised regularly, ate a very clean diet. Um, when one morning I was in the shower and, uh, found a lump in my breast hmm. and went to the doctor to have it looked at. And my doctor said, Sarah, I am 90% certain that this is nothing to worry about. And I was like, I know, but I just, I'm not comfortable with it. I feel like this is different. I've never felt this before. So I was sent on for a routine mammogram. So at went, 32. Yeah. Yeah. Went and had the mammogram. And I remember like looking around the room and looking at these ladies because I was told 90% sure 
So I was just kind of going through the motions to have this checked and cleared because it's wow. probably a cyst is what I'm thinking sure. in my mind. Just really like soaking in all these women around me sitting in this room and just the the sheer terror on their face. Like mm. I just remember looking at them thinking, why do they all look like they're going to die? Like they just were so scared. Mm. And so they called me back and um, I was like super lighthearted as going through the, you know, she's like, move this way, do this, change paddles, blah, 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 you know, going through all these things. And all of a sudden I look on her face and she said, I'm going to have you go back out to the waiting room. We're going to do another procedure. And so that's when I had this aha moment of, now I look like those ladies too. You know, that terror. Because then I kind of realized something wasn't quite right. So they called in someone to do a 3D sonogram. And the lady came in and she was doing the procedure and she was really quick with it. Um, Just, you know, real big, like round swoops, you know, kind of like when you're having a sonogram for when you're pregnant. And I looked at her and I was like, so how often am I going to have to come in and have these things done? Like, I am a busy mom. I have two children. I teach. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't have time to be coming in for these kind of checkups all the time. So like, is it a cyst? Like, what are we dealing with here? And she was like, why do you think it's a cyst? And I was like, well, I've had other, you know, fibrous tissue. And I just, I just assumed that it was a cyst. And she was like, no, I'm quite certain this is cancer we're dealing with. Wow. I was like, oh, and mind you, I did not have my husband so go with me. Alone. I went all by myself because my There's doctor no had deal. said, yeah, 90% sure that this wow. is nothing, Sarah. It's going to be fine. And so I was like, okay. So she exited the room and then the nurse came over and apologized for what she kind of considered poor bedside manner. Mm. Um, but you know what? I was so thankful that day that she delivered that to me because – Yes, it was blunt, but it was just what I needed. I needed that wake-up call like, this is not, you do not have all the answers. You are not in control here. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, just so brutally honest that I had to deal with it. I had to figure out how I was going to tell my children and how I was going to assure them that no matter what, that the Lord had a plan for us and Mm -hmm. he was going to take care of us. So um, did your faith ignite in that moment? You feel? No, it wasn't in that moment. So I remember rushing out. Uh, I got dressed and I asked the lady, do I have to fill out that survey? Because there's this weird survey you ha- you're supposed to fill out upon exiting. And she's like, no. And I just remember like running to the the esc- the elevator and and running out and just calling Ryan and just like, they're, they're pretty certain I have cancer. And he was like, what? Like just shocked. Like yeah. at 32, I just yeah. kind of always, even with as much information as out there, I just always kind of thought of breast cancer being something that older women had, not someone that like took care of themselves. Like it it was always because you had done something. It was as a result of something, you know, Mm -hmm. older age or not taking care of yourself. And I was like, I'm not doing any of those things. Like what, what is going on here? So, um, in the days to come, I had follow-up tests and they did confirm that it was cancer. Um, and so then it was, how to tell my kids three and five. Mm. Um, so I found this awesome book and we read this book together and, um, I just told them that I didn't have all the answers, but Mm. that as a family, we were going to get through it together and there were going to be some hard days, but there were going to be some really awesome days too. And, um, they were awesome. Mm. You know, they, 
were there through it all. Hmm. Surgeries and chemo and, you know, after chemo, having shots and things. And they would go to the appointments and wow. and just, yeah, were such a bright spot for me in those moments. So They were probably such a source of healing for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sure. How did that, what did that look like in marriage, walking through something so tough? Yeah. So I remember after being diagnosed, I looked at Ryan one morning and I was just like, what if I die? What, what will you do? What will happen? I'm just so scared of that. And it was like, just, just tell me, like, what do you think? Do you think I'm going to die? Do you think this is going to be it? And he was like, Sarah, I remember he like grabbed my shoulders, like not in an aggressive way, but just like a listen up here. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, you are, you are seeking information from the wrong person. The only person that can help you through this is the Lord. You, you're, you're coming to the wrong person. Hmm. And I'll never forget that was that aha moment for me. Hmm. I got in the shower and I just laid it all out to the Lord. Just, just show me, show up big for me. How, how can I glorify you in all of this? I know that this is a purpose. I know, um, I know that that there is a reason for all of this happening. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just in that moment that everything changed. My perspective changed. And there were so many beautiful moments that occurred from that, Yeah, from having this diagnosis. I always call it our beautiful disaster because there were so many mm-hmm. beautiful things that happened in the midst of chaos. So mm-hmm. I now have this oper- awesome opportunity to actually appreciate the sunrise, the sunset, the changes in the seasons. I had become almost like on autopilot. Like I would be driving the kids and just like, okay, when we get home, we're going to have dinner and da, 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 you know, like kind of going through all these motions, but not like living, Wow, you know, just like just so caught up in what we were doing next or, or whatever kind of things in your mind and just not like soaking in all of the beauty around you that he provides every single day. Yeah. So I now like at 32, like I had that awesome opportunity to start experiencing that at a young age when I don't feel like that happens for everyone at a young age. No. Wow. So, I mean, and that's something everyone needs to hear. Yeah. Whether they're in the midst of a difficult season or just, in the midst of their ordinary lives, like we all need to stop and yeah. look at what is around us yeah. and see the beauty around us and, and thank God for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Let it, let it push us to praise him. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of that moment that then I realized he's, he's urging me to do something different. Mm-hmm. Like these, these aren't my own feelings in my heart. Like, the Lord's like bestowing this upon me to to do something different. He was shifting your heart, your heart condition. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that summer I um had finished up in March with chemotherapy and went and back. How, how long was that process yeah, from diagnosis so to finishing? October to March. So okay. October diagnosis, December, uh, I had a double mastectomy, and then January I began chemo and um by the end of March I was through. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that summer, I went back to the cancer care center and volunteered because I had so many awesome people that I had connected with. And I just wanted to be back there and just be able to shine some light on some people that were experiencing some sad days. 
Um, and it was through that work that I realized, like, I love kids, but I love people. And being in a classroom, I was only able to reach children. And it was like, it was like this, I don't, this overwhelming feeling. Like I wanted to know as many people as I could mm. and know their stories and wow. connect with people. Like I was like on fire for it. Like I just wanted to just to be able to meet as many people as I could. Like I would go through the grocery store and, and strike up conversations with the <laughs> cashiers or the bag. How's your day today? You know, like I just wanted to connect with people all over. And I knew so, I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my husband, I said, I, I really feel like I need to get out of teaching. I love kids, but I love people. And he was like, well, what would that look like? I was like, I don't know. I just want like this coffee shop where people can just come and just spend time together and just facilitate conversation and, and just be together. And he was like, Sarah, we don't have that kind of money and neither one of us have any experience with opening a business. And I was like, I know, but I feel like the Lord has put this on my heart and I believe in it so much that I know it's going to happen. Mm, wow. And so he was like, okay. And so I was like, I found this building. I think we should turn it into a coffee shop. And he was like, babe, as much as I would love to just make that happen for you, like that's, that just can't, that just can't be, that's just not realistic. Yeah. But no is always like my biggest motivator. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, well, you don't think so, but I got this. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, so no to a coffee shop, but what if we did like there's a lady that's doing like a food truck mm. locally? What if we did a coffee truck? And he was like, what does that look like? Mm. So I started researching and found this old camper. And I was like, what if we turn this camper into a coffee shop? And so that's kind of where it all started. I would go in the camper in the mornings before teaching and serve coffee and hmm. I had no background in it I did not go to school I just practiced and um I still say today like we're not the most technical coffee in town but we love our customers so hard like uh -huh. it's just more about the people and connecting with yes. people than it is about the coffee like yes. the coffee is just the vehicle yeah. to be with people yeah. yeah people are like are you super passionate about coffee and I'm like yeah but more passionate about people and building uh -huh. relationships so um which is what most people want anyway absolutely yeah. is the connection yeah yeah so I started in August before going back to school and by November the Lord showed me that I could step away from my position. I um, had enough business and had enough people calling and requesting the camper. And so that November, I gave my resignation and have been doing this ever since. And that's the very first time I remember seeing you was your beautiful face with your beautiful red lips in your oh. camper. In <laughs> your blue it, camper. I think it was at um, the holiday event. Would you have been at the holiday event that year? You know, like where they set up all the booths and the vendors and... With Renee. Yeah. At 430 Scones. Yeah. 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 That's where I first saw you. Yeah. Yeah. And little did I know, like down the road, God would join yeah, connect all of us. Yeah. We're in the same church together and... I know. So you have this camper. Yeah. This adorable camper. Which we need to put pictures of, of that, by yes, the way. Yes, we do. Yes, because posts. it's so sweet. Um. How long did you have that before? It was like, okay, the next thing. Yeah. So it was a year. Okay. Wow. It was only a year. And that's not long. No. 
And what's so crazy about the coffee shop that I'm at, that coffee shop, it was like a juice bar before. It had sat empty for four years. Mm. And um, my commercial broker was like, I don't know that you'll, I don't know that we can land this deal. Like he's not leased to anybody else. And I just don't know that, I just, I don't know why, but I just don't get your heart set on it. But as soon as I walked in, I just knew. Mm. Like I was like, this is it. Mm. So (laughs) yeah. I even had one of our very first customers walk in and he said, the Lord is so present here. I can feel it. And I just want you to know that, wow. that this is something special. What confirmation. And, uh, yeah, I cried. Yeah. Yeah. I did. yeah. yeah. I'm over here crying over so, my latte. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. so special that yeah. somebody would, would say that and that somebody could feel it other yeah. than my own self. Yes. Like I always knew it in yeah. me that yeah. he was present, but what we were offering. That it was tangible. Yeah. To other people. Yeah. That's such a gift. Yeah. Well, and your camper was the first coffee truck yeah. in Peoria, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. I it's love it. It's been so fun. So fun. And just the amount of people we've been able to connect with and just yeah. um, see them at, at some of their hardest times. You know, we went back out to the Cancer Care Center and started serving coffee out there. And um, I had to experience some – seeing some former patients um, – that I had helped while I was volunteering, but also seeing some of my friends that um, I had received treatment with mm-hmm. um, come back to get, you know, diagnosed again. And mm-hmm. and so um, we've been there for some happy times with people, but mm-hmm. we've also been there for some sad times too. And yeah. and um, I know that that's, that's what the, the Lord has, you know. Don't you think that's such a picture of life though? Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not just called to do life when it's happy and joyful and when we're all perfectly polished, right? Absolutely. Like it's supposed to be where we can sit in each other's homes and be vulnerable and raw and share the hard things mm-hmm. and yeah. cry the ugly tears, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I am just sitting here thinking about what you said at the beginning, how you really wanted to connect with people. Yeah. And you said, I want to connect connect with as many people as I can. Yeah. And I love, love, love how intimate the Lord is that he gave you a mobile coffee shop. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that you had to, to go to the go. people. <laughs> I know. Like you weren't going to stay just sitting in your shop waiting for people to come to you. The Lord it was still like- It gives me chills. Like yeah. you guys- Sarah, is- I'm going to send you to the people. <laughs> I know. It's so good. And he just had all the details, you know, like if you would have looked at this on paper, you would have been like, makes no sense. There's no possible way you're going to make this happen. And, and my parents were even like, oh, honey, I think you might be like having a midlife crisis at 33, you know, like, which I, they're like, you're going to leave a teaching career where you mean you have your, your master's degree and you're going to sell coffee in a camper. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. I am. And I'm like, and and the Lord has made it clear that this is going to be a go. And and people just thought, wow, like, okay, you know, but do you think people thought you were sort of rebounding from your health, like walking through such a hell, uh, a hard health thing and then going like, okay, now I'm in remission, right? Yeah. I'm okay. Do you think people were like, wow, she's just really grasping here to like feel grounded again? Probably. Yeah. I think that they probably did make those kinds of assumptions. But have you ever had the Lord put something on your heart and you're just like, you don't even care what other people think of you. Yep. You're so confident that what he has for you is going to come to fruition that yep. you're like, that's okay if you don't believe me. That's okay. I'm 100%. all right. And you just kind of let the naysayers fall to the wayside because yeah. you know yes. what he has for you is so much better than what you could even 
logically think of. Yes. There's this absence of anxiety. Oh, for in sure. In that moment. It's not that we don't think that that we there there isn't fear right. now and then because you don't know everything. You don't know all the answers. You don't know. But there's this absence of anxiety. Yeah. And I think it's such a beautiful thing because you truly do just say, okay, God, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Right. Like whatever it is going to look like and whatever success looks like for this, mm-hmm. that's on you. Yes. And I love – I mean, that's, that's sort of our story with the church is that, you know, people will ask us, are you guys scared or is it scary? And we're like, no. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't mean we don't know that there's not hard work. That there aren't going to be things that we mess up, things we have to figure out. Absolutely. Of course. But we're not anxious because we know that the Lord is directing yeah. the steps. I've mm-hmm. had so many people that are, you know, in business. I don't really consider myself like your typical like businesswoman <laughs> or business person. And they'll say, well, Sarah, what are your five-year plans? And I'll always say, you know what? I used to be that person. Yeah. And I said, I'm probably the most atypical business person you'll ever talk with because I don't have a five-year plan. Mm -hmm. I said, I just work with whatever the Lord puts in front of me. So Mm -hmm. if that means he's calling me to expand, I'll expand. If he's calling me to close the shop, I'll close the shop because I know his plans plans for me are so much greater than what I can will together that I just don't live that life anymore. What do you say to the person that's where you were when you were teaching – reading. Yeah. You were feeling that discontent. You were feeling that nudge. What, what do you say to that person? I just think that they have to grow in their relationship with the Lord. Like you really have to just, just become friends and trust mm. him that he's going to guide you. And, and he has your best interest at heart. And like you said, that doesn't mean that he won't close doors, that he won't, you won't think that you're going in the right direction. And then it changes. There's going to be obstacles, but He's going to guide you. And when you trust in him 100%, it's just, it's awesome. And I always tell, like, I'll speak to students at Bradley and things. I always tell people, like, don't put your worth in this degree. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that college education isn't important. But I'm just saying it doesn't have to define you for the rest of your life. Just because that degree told me I was a teacher, that doesn't mean I have to teach in a classroom. I think God sometimes wants to open our eyes and break down those walls of, I'm a teacher. I only teach in a school. Mm -hmm. Like I'm also a teacher now in my coffee shop. I still employ students and people with disabilities. So I'm still able to advocate for them. And um, I'm able to teach a very young population that work for me, just Mm -hmm. different skills. And no, it doesn't look like a school setting, but it's still very much teaching and learning. So I I just think he wants us to break down some of those barriers that we put in our minds that Mm -hmm. aren't really... Those are our parameters. Those aren't his parameters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I love, Sarah, how you talked about being becoming a friend of the Lord, yeah. being a friend of Jesus. We actually just heard a message at church on Sunday about a friendship with God. And I think it's so important. I think it, it changes everything. It does. When you view God the Father as not just this being that is here to rule us and to judge us someday, but as the loving father and friend that he wants to be to us. Yeah. And I love that you're bringing that up because I feel like that verbiage is starting to show up all around from, you know, unconnected sources necessarily. And I think that is a message that the father is trying to get through to his children mm-hmm. and that I long to be your friend, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, not to, not to downplay the fact that he is God and he's all powerful right. and the most almighty. Yes. But that he 
wants to have that friendship with us. And it was just so vastly different for me, like being a casual Christian when I only went to him with problems Mm. to really being in a, a relationship where I went to him about everything. Yeah. And just how much more insight and how much more, like you said, you just, you don't worry about all of the things because you just trust him. Yeah. You trust him to have the answers. And when I wasn't trusting him and just going to him with my problems, I felt like the keeper of all the information. I was so stressed out and I was such this type A. My plans had plans. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yes. I had spreadsheets of all the things. and, (laughs) And so what a freeing experience it was to just turn that over to him. And Mm -hmm. he so openly accepted all of that garb. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just was like, I can't do this anymore. Just, just show me the way. And just having just regular conversation with him in the car and on Mm -hmm. walks and, Mm -hmm. you know, just all those things. It just, it was life changing. Do you think people in your life noticed that change? Like, did your children, your girls were young, but did your husband, did your children, did your friends, did they notice that shift in your life, you think? Yeah. So, my friend Stephanie, she actually works with me at the coffee shop, but she also co-taught with me in my classroom. Mm. And so she tells people a lot of times, working with Sarah before cancer and working with Sarah after cancer are like two totally different people. Wow. Um, she said she was so planned and so like meticulous about things and all the details and just um, just kind of uptight. Hmm. And now I'm just kind of day to day. And I wouldn't like that's so foreign to who I was. Yeah. Um, that she was like, it's just vastly different, wow. you know, than who you used to be. Hmm. And and Ryan feels like that too. He's like, you know, like I had menu plans and spreadsheets for grocery, like every little small thing that like doesn't even really matter in life, like I had a plan for it. Which it, is control, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And then is. something hit you that you had no control over. I had no control over yeah. that. Yeah. I had no – like I thought – because like even my clean eating and exercising was almost an obsessive like because I could control it. Mm. I could control my health, right? Yeah. And then wow. when I got that curveball, I was like, well, I'll be darned. I am actually not in control of anything. Yeah. Wow. And it – like what a gift that is though to be given that curveball to yeah. real to realize like you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to hold all the cards for all the people, including yourself, children, <laughs> husband, you know? It's okay. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about um I love your Instagram stories. Because Thanks. you're just you're encouraging people to be healthy. Be healthy. Yeah. To have fun. Yeah. To to enjoy. So being this healthy. time around, like fitness and exercising is much less obsessive. Like it seems like you find a lot of freedom in it. Healthier way. Yeah. You know, it's so strict before I'd wake up every day at 3.30 in the morning and go and exercise and just had this crazy schedule. And now it's just like, it's important. It's important to be healthy and to, you know, keep my health where it is. Yeah. But it's also important to be mentally healthy with that as well yeah. and and just work it into your day when you can and just have fun with it and not take it so seriously. Not let it rule you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So and it's fun now because I was always like, this is my time. You know, I go to the gym and this is my time. I'm just Sarah. I'm not mom. I'm not, you know, a wife. Da da da. But now it's so different because I have this awesome opportunity to be this example for my girls. Like yeah. 
it's not this time where I have to leave the house. I can mm-hmm. still be your mom. You can exercise with me if you want. I can pause it and get you whatever you need. Right. You know what I mean? I was so rigorous and so caught up in all mm-hmm. of it. And it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? So it, this is just really fun. It's a, it's almost like you truly found freedom yeah. through what was the most, at the time, probably the most horrible thing you'd ever walked through. Yeah. And that's why it's like such a beautiful disaster because it seems like earth shattering, like, oh my, like, how will we ever recover from this? Mm-hmm. And I know some people, they do stay in that yeah. and that is really hard. Um, but I'm so grateful that that wasn't my experience. Like mm-hmm. God came in so early on and just showed me the ways and, mm-hmm. and just changed me forever. Have you, you ever know? thought about writing a book? No. <laughs> you should think about that. Maybe it'd be a great book. You know, I've I've heard so many people that have walked through what we would consider traumatic situations yeah. say that while they don't necessarily want to go back to that traumatic situation, they want to go back to the intimacy that they have with the Lord in that in those moments. Mm. That they never felt closer to the Lord, that they had never experienced his presence the way that they experienced it during those their darkest yeah. hours. Did you have that experience? No. I think because there's always there's still always appointments, there's still oncology visits, there's still blood work, there's still those things. So even though like I don't have cancer, I'm still going through some of the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. So just relying on him and mm-hmm. just keeping anxiety and all of that at bay, mm-hmm. um, I still have a really close relationship with him because I just rely on him so much just to kind of get through those things. Yeah. Yeah. So um I wouldn't say that's my experience, but I do know a lot of people do experience yeah. that. Well, it sounds like it's carrying on though yeah. in your life, which is so beautiful. Like you don't have to let that go just because you're on the other side yeah. for the most part. Yeah. You recently on your Instagram told a really beautiful story about a dear woman that was there for you Yeah, in your treatment. Can you, is that too hard for you to talk about? No. So. Kathy was, um, she was one of the volunteers at the Cancer Care Center. And I remember the first day going in and the the first treatment that you have, the doctors really aren't sure how your body will tolerate it and you're not really sure what to expect. So you're so nervous. I went in and they they decided because I wasn't having that many treatments that I didn't need like a port in my um, chest area that I could just do it intravenously. So I went in and they were having a lot of trouble getting the um, IV in. And so like one nurse tried three or four times and they brought over another nurse and she tried a couple times. And then I remember Kathy walking over and I think that there were a couple more nurses that came in, but she just had this beautiful spirit. She came over and she started talking to me about my outfit and she started talking to me about lipstick because she she was a big fan of lipstick as well. Mm-hmm. And so we just started talking. And before I know it, she kind of said, OK, honey, I'll, I'll go. I'm going to walk over and um, talk with some other people, but I'll be back to check on you in a little bit. And I looked down and the IV was already in and they had already started it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize. So I said, oh, yeah, we already got it started. Mm-hmm. And so um, – it was always so neat because I would go on Thursdays and that was Kathy's volunteer day. So um, every time I would go in for treatments, I always knew that I would be there with her. And so she would just sit with me and just 
always had just great wisdom to bestow upon me. And we just really built a strong relationship. And after treatments, I stayed in touch with her and we would go to lunch together and just enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. And she said, Sarah, you should think about volunteering at the cancer care center. And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to. I, I want to come back and volunteer with you. So um, I did that summer. Her and her husband, Bill, they were just the dynamic duo. And so mm-hmm. I got to be a part of that. And um, we we served that summer. And then I went on to do the camper. And she would come and visit me at the camper. Um, and every time I would go for a checkup, it just always happened to be, it was always on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And that's not really typical. Like usually they just call you to schedule it a, like a month out and they'll say, Hey, this is when your oncologist has free. Could you make this? And I always say, sure. I have an open schedule. I'll take what I can get, but it always happened on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And every time I would go, um, it wouldn't be like right away, but like sometime or another, she would just pop her little head around and there was Kathy and we would sit and chat and she could always just really ease my nerves. Um, Because even up until now, it's just nerve wracking when you go there. It brings back a lot of emotion and I mean, you're surrounded by sick people. So this last time I just went in um, like three weeks ago and I go to the pod and I'm waiting and some of the volunteers recognize me and they said, oh, Sarah, Kathy's going to be in here soon. And I was like, oh, is she coming in to volunteer? And they said, no. She's had a really bad bout with pneumonia, but she's coming in to have some blood work done. I know she'll be happy to see you. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as she got wheeled in, uh, they came over and got me and I ran over to her and I was like, oh, Kathy, how are you? And and uh, she had like an oxygen tank now and she was in a wheelchair and, and she said, oh, I've been better. And I said, gosh, the pneumonia must be really taking a hold. Are you, are you doing okay? And she said, honey, I, I'm not. And she had just found out a few days earlier that um, her cancer had spread throughout her body. Mm. Um, And she passed two days later. Wow. Um, But just, I feel so lucky that I got to see her that Thursday. You know, so many people that she was really close to didn't get to see her. And so I just feel like it was such a gift that I got to spend that time with her. Yeah. And I got to tell her that I loved her and just hug her. Yeah. And so that will always be really special. Yeah. But I remember one time I went in for an appointment and she was telling me about volunteering at the hospice house. And I said, how do you do that? And she said, well, what do you mean? How do you do it? You just go and you serve your time. You know, she was like so matter of fact about it. I said, I know, but like, how does your heart do it? Mm. And she said, I said, doesn't it scare you? Like, don't you, don't you look at these people and think like, what if that becomes me? And she said, oh, honey, I'm not scared of dying. I know where I'm going and I'm not scared. And so I think about that so often and have such peace that she was so at peace with it. You know, she, she was so confident and just had such an amazing relationship with the Lord that she's free now, you know, she's pain free and beautiful and just and I love it so much that Jesus allowed her to be his hands and feet for you. Oh, yeah. Truly an angel on earth. Oh, she was. Yeah. Yeah. To love you through a hard season. And yeah. And then to be a friend beyond it. Yeah. 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 She's an awesome wow. lady. Wow. Yeah. Thanks Thank for you. asking. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. That. Thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. It's-
really incredible to see the plans that God had for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the fact that you've been able to walk through something so difficult and see his hand in it, you know, not the fact that he caused the cancer, yeah. but that he allowed you to walk through it yeah. to help you. Because yeah. when I look at you now, I'm, I know I didn't know you before, but I just, you, you love life. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. evident. Like you just have this joy and every time I'm with you, I think, man, she really loves life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like praying one morning. If I can just if I can live through this, I will never take a day for granted. Wow. I will be I'll be forever grateful for every single day. And yeah. so I do. I wake up and I every morning that's the first thing. Thank you for this day because it's I really mean that. I really am grateful just to have the day whether it's you know, so people get so caught up in the weather, like, oh, it's so nasty out. Like, oh, people, forget it. It's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it'll be different tomorrow. Exactly. It's Illinois. So yeah. you never yeah. know. It could yeah. be 90 tomorrow. Exactly. Um, so just to be grateful. Yeah. For every day. Well, you are such a joy to be around. You like, you. you kind of bounce. Your little step has a bounce <laughs> in it. And truly, you are always, always with a smile. Yeah. I remember sort of observing you the first few weeks you started showing up in our church. And I thought, Man, and I'm used to being around Christians, so but I yeah. just thought, man, there's just something about her. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know I didn't know your story. Yeah. So Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> really proud of you. Thank you. Well done. I appreciate it. Well, friends, thanks for joining us. Um if you have questions for Sarah, we're gonna is it okay if we tag you, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We're gonna tag Sarah and you can also reach out to us at the H and H hour at gmail.com or on Instagram. Um because sometimes you're walking through something hard mm-hmm. and you need someone who's already walked through it, who's gone ahead of you. Yeah. And so reach out. Um, Sarah has walked this road really beautifully. And I'm sure there's been some hard things too. But um, let her help be your joy and your perspective in a really hard thing. So thank you for listening. We're so glad you do. Would you jump over to wherever you listen? Give us a rating. Leave us a review so that other people can hear Sarah's story and share this with someone that maybe needs this encouragement today. So God bless you guys. We'll chat with you next time.